listening to Quality Time, a podcast designed to support Nebraskan providers through their journey with Step Up to Quality. I am your host, Colleen Schmidt. Get ready to listen as we prepare to elevate each other as we step up to quality. Welcome, everyone. I'm happy you're listening today. Today is a treat for me because I get to speak with one of my good friends, Tracy Strasdas. Tracy has worked in the field of early childhood education for over 15 years. She wears many hats in the step up to quality world, and I'm excited to have her here with us on this podcast today. Our focus for this conversation is on observations and why you want an observation done in your program or your classroom. And I know that can seem like a kind of a silly statement, right? Like, why would I want to have someone from Step Up to Quality come in and do an observation on our program or classroom? So Tracy, let's start with some of the nitty gritty. Can you tell us some of the details that our programs enrolled in Step Up to Quality will go through when they're having observations done? Like what are some of the logistics? Well, first I'd like to thank you Colleen for having me on today. Uh, This is a topic you and I have discussed on many occasions and I'm excited now that we have this platform to really uh, reach those of you listening and tuning in today. So thanks for having me. You're exactly right. We have talked about this topic before where we're like, oh boy, I wish they knew a little bit more about why observations are a good thing and what we feel as observers. Absolutely. So this question about the nitty gritty and the logistics of really how to prepare and really what to expect during an observation is an important and honestly, it's a frequently asked one. Um, I know from my coaching experience that it can be overwhelming at first when you you really make this really big decision to enroll your program and begin in the step up to quality process. I mean, you receive all of this paperwork. You most likely start working with one of the step up to quality coaches and it can be difficult to decide like, where do I even begin? So when it comes to observations, I really just wanna talk about the basics of how to get started. And truly your first step is to become familiar with the two different observation tools. Um, There's two different tools. We use the class and the ERS scales and it's actually a requirement that whoever your program or lead designee is for the step up to quality process, Um, attends one of these introduction trainings before they submit that rating readiness tool. So personally, um, I highly recommend that you attend the introduction trainings to both of these observation tools. Uh, One of the best things about Step Up to Quality is you have choices. And when I say you, (laughs) I mean that lead designee. Um, Typically, that would be the owner or director or whoever is that lead for Step Up to Quality um, gets to choose which observation tool you think will be best for your program. So I believe it's best that you do both of those as soon as possible to help you make that informed decision of which one of those tools will be best for your program. Tracy, I love what you just said right there, how one of the perks of being part to step up to quality is that you still have ownership and choice of really what's best for your program or best for uh, your classroom or best for your teachers or best for you 
as a provider. And I think you're so right in saying that it's smart to check out your options. Like, how do you know what to choose if you don't know what the choices are? So I'll let you keep going. I just love what you said about choice there. The two tools that we use are so different. And so once you attend um, one or like I recommended both of those introduction trainings um, and made that decision of which one is the best fit for your program, you shouldn't stop there. Don't stop with the intros. Don't hang up your hat and say, okay, I've checked the box on my rating readiness tool. I've got the point. I attended the intro. Um, There's so many additional trainings for both tools and they're offered in a variety of formats. They're done um, in person. We've moved quite a bit to offering virtual trainings to where we can reach people across the state. So, and they're really designed to give you more in-depth information about each one and allows you to dig a little bit deeper. <clears throat> and so I want you to really think about what, and it looks at what exactly the tools are evaluating. So the more trainings you take, the more information you're going to be able to bring back to your program as a teacher or a director or that lead designee to know exactly what we're looking for when we come into your program. So learn as much as you can. Talk with your coach. They're one of the best resources that are available to you, and they can refer you to other resources that are available as well. And then I also um, highly recommend that you utilize, there's some super helpful and already created self-assessments um, that in action plans on the Step Up to Quality website. So if you're not familiar with what those are, I would talk with your coach or get on the website and look up those self-assessments. It's really a way for you to prepare and kind of do some practice observations or look through what the tools are looking for before that actual observation takes place. Oh, I love that. That's such a good tip because I feel if I were in the classroom and my director came to me and said, hey, Colleen, you're going to have an observer come and they're going to do this observation. It's called the class, pre-K class. And yeah, you'll be fine. Go ahead. I would feel really uneasy versus if I knew there was a little way for me to prepare even if my director would maybe encourage or support me to also go to one of those intro trainings that you're talking about, I would maybe have a better idea of what's to come because this is not in a gotcha kind of moment. And I know we're going to talk, we, we're planning on talking about that later, but I just love that you're saying, hey, there's some resources for you to help you feel a little more at ease with what's to come. So thanks for pointing that out. That's such a good uh, little tidbit of <laughs> news you gave us right there with go to the website and look for these self-assessments and action plans that can help you get ready. Great idea. Having the trainings that maybe your lead designee or the director have gone to. So it's equally important not only for you to have that knowledge, but to share it with your staff. If you are the one going to these trainings, being able to come back and coach your teachers or work with your coach and your teachers to really get this information to those of those in the classroom. They're the ones that need it. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's possible, get your teachers to at least these intros and really have these conversations. It's not a one-time thing. If I went to this training, like I said, checked it off on the box, what are we going to do with it? How do we implement it? How do we come back to our program, come back and bring this into our classrooms in a way that's going to benefit our children and families? So as we continue on, I'm going to try to stay on this topic of the logistics of it. Um, once your program, you've done all these trainings, 
trainings, you've worked with your teachers, maybe you've done some self-assessments in your classrooms. Um, that is when you're going to submit what we call this rating readiness tool. And um, here's what can be expected. Once that rating readiness tool, um, you work with your coach, you're going to check all the boxes and say, yep, I've done X, Y, and Z. And then this rating readiness tool is going to be sent off to the step up to quality um, team. And so what's going to happen from there is on that rating readiness tool, you will choose a three-month window. And so within that three-month window, you're going to have the opportunity to really cross off or have some blockout dates. Uh, maybe you have something scheduled in your program where you know an observation just isn't going to be ideal. But then once that's submitted, um, sometime within that two-week window, you're going to, you should expect to be contacted by Jenny Fleming, and she's going to send you an email, and she's going to give you a great little personal call and tell you, hey, your two-week window is starting. And so within this two-week window, you're going to get, you know, from Friday, December 29th through January, you know, 13th, you can expect that an observer will be coming into your program. So um, what the observer will then do is they will contact you one business day before they're coming in to do an observation. And so it's important to note here too, um, you will not know which classroom, if you have multiple classrooms in your program, you will not know which classroom is going to be observed until the observer arrives on that day of observation. So they're going to come in, they're going to say, hey, you know, I'm here to do the class observation in the infant classroom. Here's the room that I was assigned to. And then that observation will go from there. And then depending on which observation tool your program has chosen, whether that be the environment rating scales or the class tool, um, that will depend on how long the observation is. So if it's that environment rating scale, that's going to be about a three hour length observation. And then if your program or your classroom is having a class observation, that is going to be more of a two hour observation. So that's a little bit about what to expect as far as once you've submitted that rating readiness tool, and then what takes place when those observations observers come into your program. I love this. You, Trace, you just gave us so much juicy information in a nice way that I feel like is maybe a, a, a little bit more understandable than getting on the website and being like, what? <laughs> What's coming? So what I hear you saying, like if I'm putting myself in the shoes of a designee or a provider or a director who's really trying to organize my program with Step Up to Quality. I hear you saying that it, it is essential to work with my coach and my coach is there to support me through this. Like you're a coach, Trace. We didn't talk about kind of your, all of your mini hats you wear. You get to do cool things with Step Up to Quality. You are an observer, you're a coach and you're also a trainer. So, and the class anchor, like you're, you're more than a triple threat. You're a quadruple threat. So you know a lot about these ins and outs and you're telling me that the coach can really guide and support you through this process. I also heard you say that you'll have this two week window that you'll know about, about when observations are coming and planning accordingly. Like if you know that you have the firefighters are coming to visit your program, you might not try and schedule <laughs> during that two week window. And the final thing that really stuck out to me when you were talking to us about kind of the nitty gritty process of what happens after you submit was that email or, and or phone call from Jenny. 
and how she makes that connection with you. And listeners, if you listen to our previous podcast, you met Jenny. We talked about how she's the glue. She really keeps us all (laughs) organized and is so much more than that too. But she will be a friendly, welcoming voice that will reach out to you and help give you support. And then the final thing that happens before the observation is your observer will contact you one business day before. And I love that. And you mentioned that you won't know what classroom that observer is coming into. So if I am a director of a program, a big program, and let's pretend that I have two or three infant rooms and Miss Tracy emails me and is like, hi, I'm Tracy from NDE. I'm coming out to do your observation tomorrow morning in the infant room, but she won't tell me which one. Why? Why won't you tell me which one? If I, I'm going to play devil's advocate, if I'm the director, how come I can't know where you're going tomorrow? What's, what's the reasoning behind that? What's the why? <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> well, honestly, I didn't make that decision and that's not truly up to me, but I will answer why that is a process that's in place. So um, you won't even know if I'm coming into your infant room, toddler room or preschool room until I get there. So that choice has been made because no matter which room we go into, um, we should be seeing that quality interactions and that quality environment for young children. So I know Sometimes when I've been doing observations for quite a while and what we see was a little bit of a trend is we would come into a program and I would tell them which classroom I was going to go into. And then you see all these teachers kind of shuffling around real fast. And sometimes they're trying to put the best of the best in the classrooms. And guess what? those kiddos were thrown off. It was not a typical day for them. What we truly want to see is that typical day in the typical classroom. What is the typical experience for the average child? And that should be the same day to day. We're going to get into how it can be a little bit hard to have somebody in your classroom watching your every move, but we truly want to see what you do on a typical day. I I do not recommend changing up anything in your schedule anybody who is in the classroom, it really is just a snapshot of your day. This is not a judgment. These are research-based tools that we use and we truly stay objective. So we want to see. So that's the biggest reason we do not let you know where we're going until we get there. Thank you. I always, I love that you're clarifying that. And I agree with that reason, by the way, I also do not decide that, (laughs) but I think it's important because if you try to plan this grandiose lesson or change up your schedule, because you know, an observer is coming, it's just like what you said, Tracy, like the kids are going to be thrown off. It's going to end up hurting you more than helping you most likely. Not that you always don't want to be prepared in doing amazing lessons with your kids, but if you change up your day in any sort of way, it throws them off. So having it really just be that snapshot picture, non-judgment, like this is where we are on any given day in any given room. And that's why I think it is so beneficial for us as a whole, that we don't say exactly what classroom on what day, because there's a lot of anxiety that can get tied into that too. Um, and we're gonna talk about that too in a minute. So, okay, I'll, I'll jump off that topic, Trace. I like to throw you a curveball every now and then. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now that we know a little bit about our requirements and kind of you mapped out so nicely, like what happens, can you tell our listeners, this is one of my favorite questions to ask, why? Why is having observations important for the children, teachers, and our the providers in our program? Like, tell me why I should be excited even for the observation that is going to happen in my classroom or program. Why do I want one? Why do I want Tracy Strasdus to come into my program and give me an observation? Oh, I love this question, Colleen. Like, you should be excited because you've worked so hard for this moment and it's your time to shine. As we talked about at the beginning here, we want you to be informed. We want you to know what we're looking for. And so it's up to you to really take that initiative to learn as much as you can about this tool. So for those of you listening that may be newer to Step Up to Quality, or maybe you're just getting ready for that first rating where observations are going to take place in your program or your classroom, trust me, I'm well aware that excited may be the last emotion you are feeling. Like this process can actually ignite some strong feelings and maybe fear and even cause a certain level of anxiety. But what we really want you to focus on is that opportunity that's right in front of you, whether this is your first observation or your 10th observation. Um, I believe every observation is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see your strengths. It's an opportunity to see areas for improvements. And it's also an opportunity to see your growth over time. So Colleen, you and I have talked so many times about how when this first observation takes place, it's your first time ever, you maybe are a little fearful of this, and then you get these scores, and sometimes it can kind of hurt your heart. <laughs> it may feel icky, like I'm better than this. So I want you to look at every time an observation takes place of what we can do to grow from this opportunity instead of sitting in this place of that hurt. That person came in and that's not who I am really looking at this of what am I going to take away from this summary report? This observer, as we come into your program, we do these observations and we spend a lot of time to give you feedback. And it's my hope that that feedback is used for professional development. Yeah. Um, we want to see this growth. And so as we look at what the tools are looking for and continue to learn more, even after these observations take place, the more, I always say, if we can take one little thing away from an observation and start implementing something new to for change in our classroom or in our homes or programs, we're doing something better for the children and families we serve. We're not going to know right off the bat, like these observation tools, I mean, they're hard. <laughs> they are, they're hard. And you're not going to know every little thing, that nitty gritty of the tools of everything that's expected of you. And I don't, we don't expect that. We expect you to continue um, for that just growth mindset and looking at these observations as an opportunity to grow, implement new things and make changes that really benefit uh, the social and emotional and academic growth of your children. Trace, you're such a good coach. That's like when you're talking about it as an opportunity and a place where you need to have a growth mindset and celebrate all the strengths and all the good that you're already doing. I think uh, I, me too, I'm guilty as a former classroom teacher, when I would get an observation, I'd look right away, what didn't I get right? 
what isn't perfect, what was wrong. Instead of focusing on all these notes of amazing interactions or things I was already doing really well in the classroom, I got really hung up on looking at, well, why? Why, why am I not a perfect on this one? Like what's, why, 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 why? And when we see this more as professional development for us to better serve the kids in our care, I think that's almost like a paradigm shift right there, what you were talking about on why I want to have an observation in my room. It's to help me be better for those in my care. That's all it is. It's not a judgment. It's not like Tracy is in your, you know, your program or your classroom sitting there judging you and making assumptions about what you are like as a person or a human being. It's none of that. It's a growth opportunity where we celebrate what we're doing right. And what you said, Tracy, like maybe even just focus on one thing that I could do a little different to just be a better provider for the babes in my care. That's what it's about. That's why we want it. I love it. That was such a good way to explain that, Trace. All right. I'm going to throw you another, another curveball. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Let's have a let's get real moment. No one likes to be observed. <laughs> I don't like to be observed as a classroom teacher or in any role I play now. I, it feels, it can feel uncomfortable. You already talked about how it can feel a little bit nerve wracking, or you might be uh, have the jitters if you know it's happening the night before. But can you get give us a little bit of perspective so we can get a glimpse of what's going through the observer's mind? Like as an observer, Tracy, when you're in a program or a classroom and you're doing one of these observations, you're using one of our step up to quality tools, What's going through your mind as the observer? Let's get real. Oh, you always have to get real. And I knew it was coming, Colleen. So um, it, you're absolutely correct. As I talked about, excited is usually the last emotion teachers express, especially when they see me walking into their classroom with a clipboard and a badge that says Nebraska Department of Education. <laughs> um we're watching your every move. Like I, I haven't come across this person who's like excited that this complete stranger is there. Uh, we're trained to not really speak, speak to you. Once the observation begins, we're trained to really kind of have this poker face. <laughs> and so it can be very intimidating. And so as I think about this, of what's going through my mind, I want all of you to know, I try my best to walk in with that warm presence. When I come into your classroom, um, and I'm sure I'm speaking for all of us observers across the state, of I am going to let you know exactly what I'm doing. The first thing I do is I introduce myself. I come in with a warm smile. I try to let you know I'm a human too. <laughs> Um, so I will always talk about, you know, if I'm doing the class observation, I will let you know, hey, here's how this process goes. You're going to see me in your classroom. I'm going to be taking notes for the next 20 minutes. And then you're going to see me step out of the classroom for five to 10 minutes to score this cycle. And I always tell them, 
if you see me step out, you did not do anything wrong. I like to be very clear about exactly what I'm doing. If I'm doing environment rating scales, I'm going to let them know, hey, you're going to see me looking through your materials. I'm going to follow you everywhere you go. I know this can feel a little invasive, like I need to step away from the children. So I try my best to really make people feel very comfortable as I walk in. But once that observation starts, I'm truly looking through the lens of the tool. That is what's going through my mind. We stay very objective. All of us observers across the state are very well trained. We have a process to keep everybody in line. So no matter what, if it's Colleen Schmidt or Tracy Strauss just coming into your classroom, we're looking for the same things. Um, there is, like I said, we go through a very rigorous training process to get there. So I just want you to know, I am truly looking through the lens of the tool. I'm getting the evidence that I need to have my scores and to be able to provide you with that feedback. So a lot of times what we hear is providers and teachers, they'll say, oh, I got dinged for this or, oh, they caught me on this. And I would like to make, take this opportunity to really say, I'm never looking to ding you. I don't want to ding anybody. And I want to say it's more of a missed opportunity. And that's where we come with this looking at the feedback and say, instead of kind of getting a little bit mad or angry about these, what we think of as dings, think of them as a missed opportunity. And what am I going to do to now I have this information? What am I going to do moving forward to be able to implement this into my classroom? I love it. Missed opportunity. And it's almost like that phrase, when you know better, you do better. That's what I think, too. If you have a growth mindset and you have a missed opportunity, not a ding, on one of, one of your reports that you get back with some feedback that your coach will help you go through, it's not a ding, it's a missed opportunity and a way for you to grow. Uh, when you talked about uh, trying to set that warm presence in the classroom as an observer, you know what the hardest part for me is, Trace? <laughs> the kids, because I so desperately want to, the kids will come up if I'm observing in a room, sometimes the kids will come up and say, hi, what's your name? What are you doing? Why are you here? Come see this in the centers. Come play with me here. And the hardest thing as an observer, because we all love kids, that's our why too, is having to say, I'm sorry, I'm working. <laughs> I'm watching you work. And that we always want to be able to engage with the teachers and the children, but we absolutely cannot during that observation time. And I think for me as an observer, that's one of the hardest things I was in doing an observation. I think I was with you, Trace, and we were in the infant room and I just wanted to play. I wanted to smile and play with the babies. And I knew I could not when I'm wearing my observer hat. So I think that lack of ability to engage with the providers, with the teachers, with the kids. It doesn't mean we're trying to be jerks. It just means that we have to be so focused on looking through the lens of these tools and truly just almost being like a fly on the wall where we're not even here. We're trying to stay out of the mix and not influence any of the interactions or things happening in the environment. Like we're truly trying to stay hidden. And that's, that's a tricky part for me as an observer, for sure. 
That was so hard for me too, Kelly. And I remember when I first started working with Nebraska Department of Education, and like I said, we keep this poker face on and I love young children. That's why I do my job. And it's so hard for me too to kind of turn them away and let them know. I'll never forget the first time I left an observation and I didn't have one child approach me and I wanted to cry. And I'm like, what happened? Did I lose like that warmth with the children? So you made such an important point of we cannot interact because we cannot interfere with anything that may happen. Um, so we truly are, like I said, staying objective. And it is so hard. You're right to kind of not be able to engage and interact with those children. But we are trained to really be that fly on the wall. Yeah, because we love your babies, too. That's why we're there. <laughs> that's, that's why that's why we're doing this job. So let's talk about actually this just feeds us right nicely into my last question for you, Trace. So you have been observing in classrooms for a while. We both started out about the same time. I think what 2010 is when we started learning observational tools and working in classrooms as observers. And one of the ways we like to end this podcast is by asking uh, our guests on the podcast, what's their why? Like, what's your why, Tracy? Tell us why you like what you do with Step Up to Quality. Why do you keep showing up for your job? What's your why? Oh, Kelly, and I miss being in the classroom so much. And we talked about that too. It's like, I truly loved being in the classroom, but I really love my job now as well. Uh, I travel across the state. Um, so I go into classrooms and programs in Western Nebraska, Eastern Nebraska, you name it. I travel across the state and see all of these different programs. And it's so cool to go into these communities, see the different styles, but see things that are truly working and just these phenomenal, amazing things that are happening across our state. The more we talk about you know, the observation tools, the more that people are learning, it's been so fun. I've been in this position for a little over almost seven and a half years now. So when I first started observing, I would say it was kind of like, ooh, yeah, these scores aren't great. But as it continues on and as Step Up to Quality continues to grow and more trainings are being offered, I'm seeing change. And it is so cool to go into programs and just see these quality interactions happening, these quality lessons and, you know, activities that are happening, seeing classrooms set up with engaging materials, like, and it is an opportunity. I'm going to go back to that of if there is something in, you know, during the observation that teachers can take that feedback and improve. That's why we do what we do. We're still helping young children. We're doing that in a different way by doing these observations, giving you the feedback. And the hope is that you take that feedback, implement something new and continue changing for the better good for the kids and children or the children and families in your communities. I love that. You gave me goosebumps when you talked about actually seeing the change happening over the years because of what's happening and the work being done with Step Up to Quality. And that's an all hands on deck <laughs> kind of growth. That means that none of this growth would be happening without the hard work and dedication of our providers, of our teachers, our directors, 
our coaches, our observers, our trainers, everyone in the Step Up to Quality world. Uh, none of it could happen without this collaboration of working together. So you gave me goosebumps about the change. Tracy, thanks so much for joining us today. I always love talking to you. You and I could do this for a whole nother hour. So thank you everyone for spending quality time with us. Please join again as we chat about future topics to support our Nebraskan providers on their journeys with Step Up to Quality. Until next time, bye-bye.